Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talking sports, uh, yes we do. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up to talk some sports. It's a Friday. Let's get into it. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, your emails, today at gmail.com. Check out our website, rayandtaytoday.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube and iTunes. Check out back interviews. Had a great interview on Monday, getting you ready for the Super Bowl and summing up uh, Championship Sunday with Adam Archuleta. Check that out. That's a lot of fun. Hey, Ray, we got a busy show. It seems like everybody's an all-star, right? We got the Pro Bowl, the Hockey All-Star, the NBA All-Star. You know, but too bad baseball's not around. Maybe they want to throw one in, but definitely Pitchers college and catchers group. are reporting soon enough. Oh, Ray, it's always fun. Australian Open talk, you know, we'll get into the championships are set, uh, some college hoops. But, Ray, before we get to the NBA reserves, because we got to break that down, I want to ask you a couple of things sort of off the field, not main things we're going to talk about. Number one, the curtain of distraction. Did you see Michael Phelps, who's training out here for the Olympics at Arizona State last night in the Golden Speedo coming out to just – uh, to mess up the free throw shooters. What'd you think about that? That's awesome. <laughs> That's funny. Did Isn't you it? see that? Yeah, remember, that, I, I think that started, that must have started in that Carolina Duke game. Remember? Was it like 15 years ago when they came out? The, the one kid came out, Duke kid came out and was just wearing his Speedo. <laughs> yeah. But that curtain of distraction, give those kids credit. They're really doing a great job. Remember, we spoke about it on on air last year, but Arizona State, those kids are being very creative, almost as creative giving as – Giving birth? Is that the one that they did? They did the giving birth thing too, didn't they? Yeah. And you know who else was created? The Mama's Bench. They were on SportsCenter uh, last night. I think those kids are, are doing a lot of cool, funny things, and Mama's is, uh, you know – Playing some and good the, balls, and the so. thing is, Monmouth is winning. They're not yeah. just clowns, you know, on, on and off the court. These guys are actually winning games. So if you're winning and having fun, then that's the best of both worlds. I think it's a great story. I, you know, sometimes, and you and I talk about this, you know, we love respecting the game, but I think at all costs, it's okay for people to have fun. And we talk about it in football or baseball, whether it's Joey Bats or Cam Newton or, wh- or whatever. It's okay to have fun. It's a child's game that people are getting paid for. And even all the more better for bench players from Monmouth that really don't really get in the game to be able to have some fun the way that they do. I think it's, a, it's just a great story, you know? Yeah, and you said it best. It's a game, folks. At the end of the day, there's so much more, you know, when it comes to life and reality. 
that this is a game. It's competitive, and we love it. And you know, people make their careers on it. And there's billions of dollars, but at the end of the day, it's a game. So if yeah. you can't get excited and have fun over a game, then where can you have fun? You're right about that, and sometimes people take it way too serious. So I got to ask you this, though. We give uh, some props and some kudos to Brian Kelly signing through 2021 for Notre Dame, the head coach, so good for him. And Travis Kelsey signs a, what, five- or six-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs and gets a reality show on A&E for uh, – Chasing Kelsey or some, catching Kelsey? What do you think about I didn't that? Like he was that engaging, but maybe he is. Yeah, you know, a, a dating show. So that's kind of interesting. I see. I think we might. Uh, do we have a caller here? No, I think they're just yeah. listening. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well, let me ask you this before we'll we get to the Hold NBA. On. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Ray and Tate. Hello. Yes, hello. Hi, I want to talk about the Blake uh, Griffin debacle and if he should be traded or not. Oh, boy, you're going right to yeah. trading him. All right. Well, let's oh, yeah, jump we in. Threw it out there all, yeah, <laughs> so, say, so say your name and where you're from, and who's your favorite oh. basketball team? Let me understand if you're a Clipper fan or if you're a Clipper hater. I'm a Knicks fan. My name is Seth Singlestein. I'm from Manhattan. I'm a Clipper hater. I hate Doc Rivers. Oh, um, Okay. So let's talk. Um, what would you do? I mean, what, what you know, if you're the GM or if you're Steve Ballmer, better yet, you know, what would you do if Blake Griffin? Well, Steve Ballmer doesn't make the move. It's Stock Rivers. He's a GM. He's a terrible GM. He's a good coach, but terrible GM. He's not going to trade Blake Griffin because he won't do that. But he's out. He broke his shooting hand. He's out eight weeks. I'd say you have no choice but to trade him because if you want to win a championship this year, you're not going to win it with. You can't win it with this team as it is. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre, it doesn't work. So someone has to go, and you're not going to trade Chris Paul healthy. You're going to trade Blake Griffin unhealthy right now. Well, well Seth, i got to tell you, you never yeah. get back for your star value. player value when he's healthy. So if you're trading him with a broken hand, so you're going to have to take a discount on a value that wasn't even going to be 100% anyway. So to me, if you do that, you're really setting your franchise back. Now, there's a, there's some other issues where apparently this guy is Blake Griffin's friend. He's also friends with DeAndre and Chris Paul, the the guy he punched and and, and you know yeah, the, the staffer. Hey. Yeah. So there there might be some issues there in terms of allegiances. But at the end of the day, you can't. I don't think you can trade Blake Griffin. He's just too valuable, and you wouldn't get enough in return. Yeah, you just got to wait it out. And at, the, and at the end of the day, the Western Conference is going to come down to the playoffs anyway, right? You can you can imagine that a yeah, they can still get a fourth or fifth seed with him out. Yeah, they're playing great. So you're going to you're going to lose to Golden State in the first in the second round as a fifth seed or a fourth seed, no matter what. You can't you beat Golden State. You lose to them anyway. With, You'll lose to them anyway. But if you trade Blake Griffin, you may you may be mortgaging your franchise. Because remember, Chris Paul's in his 11th season. DeAndre Jordan's, you can't really build a team around him. So depending on what you get back from Blake Griffin. So let's say you traded him. Who out there would you get back? I mean, what are you going for, Kevin well, they, Love? I mean, who are, you, who are you bringing back Clipper, for Blake Griffin? The Clippers said that this is the year they have to win it. It's this year or bust. And if it's this well, year or bust, they're not going to do anything. I don't. And I don't believe that it's this year a bust, and I think that's every what they said. Team, though. 
Well, yeah, but I think every team reevaluates that. I mean, who thought that the Warriors would get better from last year and the Spurs with getting Aldridge and what they're doing? I think, honestly, I, I can see where you're saying the trade, Blake Griffin, and there have been reports about that. But I think at the end of the day, the kid made a mistake. He's never had any issues off the court. He's, you know, been a good guy. To me, you kind of clean it up. You suspend him a couple of games when he gets back, and you move forward and hope in the second round that you get to play the Spurs or Clippers and you can upset them, which you have a shot to do if you can get your team together because you do have a big shooter in Paul Pierce in the playoffs who's clutch. If you trade Blake Griffin, this team basically is starting all over, uh, like Ray said, because Chris, Chris Paul's got about four, maybe five years left. Probably. They need a wing player, though, so you trade Blake for a guy on the wing who could guard Clay Thompson, Draymond, who could, you know, branch out like that. And but play then who's your career. go-to guy, right? Who's your go-to guy? I mean, and who, unless and you're trading him. Player? Yeah, you're who, trading him for who are you trading him for? Paul yeah, George? I, mean, I, I need a proposal, man. Come on, Seth. Uh, I don't have the proposal on the air. Uh, I had one before, but um, it's hard to make a trade because you don't, I don't have the salary cast off in front of me. But okay. well, forget about the cap number. Trade, just, trade, what if you trade to Boston for the the Nets picks, and you know, and you get the you get the Nets pick this year, next two future Nets picks, you get Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas. Oh God, the, like the Celtics no. would give you their whole roster. They would give you <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, the new All Star, first time All Star. Oh, give Isaiah you Thomas Jay Crowder. Is five, Come on. They'd give so you Smart. Small. They'd give you the next. They'd give you the Nets pick. Unless you can give me Ben Simmons and promise me two more number one picks, you can't. You can't trade Blake Griffin to the the Nets have no body. I sorry, the the Celtics have no body that that the Clippers what, would even sniff. Why, Seth? Why are you so down on Blake Griffin? I mean, he leads all forwards in assists. He's a great player. I mean, he's an unstoppable power forward. He had a great I mean, playoffs last year. They yeah, didn't lose because of him. Third, he was the third best player in the league last year. I'm not saying that he wasn't. He was incredible last year. But the Clippers just don't work as it is right now, and someone has something has to change. You're not winning a championship like this. You're not with this team. I trade DeAndre Jordan before I traded Blake Griffin. They won't trade Definitely. DeAndre after the whole summer they had with him. Why not? If people still want him. Yeah, they're not going to trade him because after they went out and out of their way, they look like such clowns if they trade him. Such fools. Yeah, but it's okay. You can check your ego if you're competing for a championship. I mean, you you, you take Blake Griffin off that team, they drop from, depending on what you get in return, but you're, you're not the third or fourth best team in the West. You're the eighth or ninth best team in the West. They'd still be in a playoff hunt, though. They get, they get the pieces back. But you rarely do. You rarely do. I mean, who do you trade him so, for? Paul George is the only guy. Could they, do you trade him to, to to Atlanta? You get Millsap, and they might even throw in Schroeder and Millsap, let's say. For that him. would be fine. They need a backup. The Clippers do need a backup point guard. I mean, yeah, but you're trading a number three, so bad. number three best player in the league, and you're getting back a an above-average power forward and a backup point guard. You know what I mean? You're not getting back yeah. Blake Griffin well, let, in return. Let's move on to this. Seth, before we move on and let you go, man, you said you're a Knicks mm-hmm. fan. How do you think yeah. the Knicks are doing right now, and would you trade to get Jeff Teague? I mean, I don't know what the Knicks would even give up to trade Jeff Teague, but I think they should trade Melo because build around Porzingis now and get what you can from Melo. Oh, the Knicks, you could do a Blake Griffin for Melo trade. That would be a trade. <laughs> 
Knicks would do that. <laughs> Clippers would never do that, but Knicks would do it. Yeah, that was some other pieces, but um, right. yeah, they should trade Melo. There's no pieces to get Key. I mean, who would you give up besides Porzingis and Melo? And the Knicks wouldn't trade Melo for Teague. Who else would you be trading for Teague? They don't have the pieces. Yeah, they don't even well, have their number one pick. Yeah, no, they'd have to trade, uh, you know, a second Grant and, you know, one of the forwards if, if the Hawks wanted some size. You know, the thing is, the Hawks might move Teague for salary and the fact that Schroeder is getting better and they really probably want him to start. So, we don't know what the Hawks might want to do, new ownership. So there's always a shot. I mean, I, I think if Phil can make it work, he'll try. Listen, it's the Hawks that are saying that they're willing to trade Teague or Schroeder. If I'm the Knicks, I'd take either one of those guys. They're both better than Calderon. So, oh, know. for sure. I would take Schroeder yeah. over Teague just based on age and salary and money-wise. Yeah, He's more electrifying. I think yeah, no, you're right. All right, Seth, listen, great call, and uh, I, I think we're going to keep Mellow, and I think Griffin's going to stay there, man. But if, if if it happens, definitely give us a call back. We appreciate the call, buddy. All right, thank you for having me on. Have a good night. All right, thank I you. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Seth. Take care. So, All right, we got a caller that wants to shake it up. I like that. Trade I like that. Griffin, yeah. trade Mellow. Let's, let's shake it up. <laughs> no, listen, I like you, that. You can't be mad at him. So right there, we're here with the NBA, but I just want to say real quick, Ray, 2.30 tomorrow, if people are around, watch the Senior Bowl. This kid, Carson Wentz from North Dakota State, has a shot of being the number two pick and starting for the Cleveland Browns next year. So you might want to get a chance to look at him. Maybe you look at Braxton Miller, who could be a second-round pick, a wide receiver, or, you know, he's got first-round talent as a great athlete. He's transitioning to wide receiver. And there's always some good seniors in a senior bowl. The recent, there's a 66th annual down there in Mobile, Alabama, that, you know, some, some guys that are definitely going to be, uh, you know, in the first round, second round, and, and make your NFL team next year. So, but um, – that should be kind of fun, Ray. I, I always like the senior bowl and you get to see, you know, whether it's Connor Cook or this guy or that guy. But Carson Wentz, that's the guy to look for. And you know who else is tearing it up is this interior lineman from Louisville. He's doing big things. Yeah. Um, he's like 6'1", 320, but just apparently like an Indomitian Sioux stops the run and the pass. So keep an eye on him. And there's a lot of talent that comes out of the – they said 45 45- – percent of the top four draft picks are in the are in the senior bowl. Oh, so there's definitely. a lot of talent well, historically. Phil, Phil so Savage a lot of does a great job getting it together and inviting, you know, the, the best seniors all across the country. And they do get some guys to come over from uh, the East West shrine game, you know, which was last week, but this is, uh, this is great. The senior bowl is always fun and it's great. And, you know, we love NFL draft and draft talk and mock drafts and all that stuff. So that time of year is coming. But let's focus on the reserves. Ray, I'm going to break it down. You tell me. We'll look at the East first if there are any issues. So you get Paul Millsap from the Hawks, Chris Bosh, Jimmy Butler, John Wizzy Wizzy Wall, Isaiah Thomas. We say congrats to him his first time. Andre Drummond from Detroit basketball, his first time, and second Raptor to go with Lowry, your boy Lowry. We have DeMar DeRozan from USC. Are you upset at all, Ray, that the East did not put in Paul Gasol? 
who's averaging a double double, or even a Kevin Love. Any any beef with or Al Horford? Any beef with the East squad? So the trick is always if you're going to put somebody in, you got to take somebody off. So do I think Paul Gasol is an All Star this year? Absolutely. Do I think that he who should sit? for Paul Gasol, right? That's my problem. So I'm not sure. Andre Drummond absolutely needs to be there, even though his team is playing terribly. Oh, it's not great. Andre Drummond's yeah. fault. Yeah. He's played great. Um, you know, I can't take anybody off that squad. So Paul Gasol, Kevin Love have legitimate points, and they should potentially be all-stars, but I don't see who you're dropping off the squad. Well, so what I'm about actually okay. Maybe you don't have John Wall. The Western Conference only went with two point guards. They didn't have Damian Lillard. We'll get to them in a minute. But just Chris Paul, did the East need Wall and Isaiah Thomas? Maybe that's a debate there. It is. And the only thing I can say there is I'm always happy for the first-timers. So like you said, Drummond and Isaiah Thomas are first-timers, and Isaiah Thomas is balling. And he is the reason that this – that this team is is even competitive. I mean, if you look at his stats, he is putting up ridiculous stats. And and you look at that roster, and they have nobody in particular. So Brad Stevens is doing a great job coaching up, you know, a bunch of guys that I'm not sure they're not six men on other people's teams. And Isaiah Thomas, to me, is having a great season. And And give him credit, you know. He gave him him six men that's starting, right? Yeah, so – I hear what you're saying. So would you would you do Gasol for Wall? Maybe. Okay, I hear you. I mean, the Bulls, you know, but look, I, the Bulls I, have a better record than the Wizards, so that would be your do. debate. And then they people do. would but, say, but Wall is doing more with less, though. No, his, no, no. His partner Bradley Beal can't stay on the court. But why do the Cavs only have one in the East, and they're so far in the, the by far the number one seed? People would say, okay, the Raptors have two. Why don't the – and the Heat have two. Maybe it's because you say, hey, they put in Dwayne Wade. But people would say Kevin Love, the second-best player on you – know, you know, without Kyrie being there all year, the second-best player, he should be in. Kevin Love's got a double-double. What is he giving you, like I think 16 and 10 or something like that? So I don't know. I, 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 to be honest, for me, I like the East. Expand the roster? What do you want to do? Well, no, Ray, I, listen, this is dumb to me, right? In the regular season, you play now for the last three seasons, you play 13 guys. So why wouldn't the All-Star Day game go from 12 to 13 as well? So that's my beef. So there should be one more just to keep continuity. It's almost stupid that they don't have that. I don't know why it's never even been brought up. So we, I got to write, I got to start a campaign, Adam Silver, because that annoys me. If there's 13 playing in a the game, then 13 should be playing in the All-Star game, period. So then you can have the right. score. Or love that. Right. It's 15 teams in each conference, so you figure it's not even on average one per one player per team. And you know, typically the better teams have two, three, and sometimes even four guys. So if you got three guys from one team, that means all the other teams have to compete for the rest of those nine spots. Yeah. Now let's go to the West. The West is look again another first time in Draymond Green. You know, and we applaud Golden State because they also get. Our boy, Clay Thompson, so they have three. Then you have Anthony Davis. You can't, you know, really question him, even though his team's been horrible. He's a perennial all-star now. 
Chris Paul, who we were just talking about, is actually having, I mean, <laughs> you know, you hate to say somebody's underrated that's been known as the best point guard in the league for a long time, but Chris Paul's a great player, Ray. So he's in there again. DeMarcus Cousins, we don't even have to talk about what the stats this dude is putting up. Just had 104 points in the last uh, two games before the other night. Uh, we said Clay, and then you bring in, uh, of course, big game James Harden and LaMarcus Aldridge. Now, do you have a question or debate with the West? Because I'm not sure about Aldridge. I might put in Damian Lillard. Yeah, Aldridge is, is my question. So, luckily, I mean, not luckily for him, but the guy we were talking about before, Blake Griffin, usually takes up a spot in the West. But luckily for other guys, uh, he got hurt and hasn't really played enough games. So you got to take him off out of consideration. But Dame Lillard is the one guy I would say that definitely deserves better. Talking about <laughs> carrying that team, I mean, if Lowry and DeRozan are underrated, what are McCollum and your boy Dame Lillard? I mean, they're super <laughs> underrated. So he definitely deserves and Portland's right there in the eighth and ninth spot. Portland is right there with Sacramento, who's moved in the eighth. So, yeah, Dame Lillard. And remember, Dame hasn't made it yet. That would have been his first because he missed it uh, last year when LaMarcus has been yeah, there last year. he's averaging – he's doing he's doing it on the court. Career high, 24.3 points, 7.1 assists. I mean, what more can you want in the Western Conference, no less? Especially when LaMarcus, even though he's on the second-best team, we know he's had to take a ding in his stats. We predicted that he would, but he's he's taken a pretty good – what is he, like 16-8 and eight or 16-9? and nine? So, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it hurts me a little bit. And I like LaMarcus, and, and like I said, he's one of those perennial guys, but I think they gave it too much on legacy. You know, I, I hate – What about Dirk? Re- Dirk's the Dirk. other guy that, you know, could potentially get it. But – you know, I, I would give it to Lillard first and Dirk second. And then, you know, Blake Griffin's still having, putting up great numbers, but I just don't think well, he has so enough. DeAndre's game. having a good year, too. DeAndre's actually having a good year as well for the Clippers. Yeah. People forget, and they almost give, the, give, this, to, give this to players on popularity and a lifetime achievement. The NBA All-Star, to me, they should make it blatantly obvious. It is the ultimate what-have-you-done-for-me-lately – in the 44, 45, 46 games that your team has played, who has played the best in the first half of this NBA season, period? doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you've done historically. Now, I get giving Kobe his love because Kobe's earned it. So, so that's a special category, right? When you're the 18th time in, your, you know, in the All-Star game, that's one thing. But this is really about achievement in the O. You know, in the in the sixteen season, in the fifteen sixteen season, right? So, uh, on that be. basis, <laughs> it should be right. So, Lamarcus Aldridge should not be an All Star. Not that he's not All Star caliber, but he hasn't really done it on this season. He's been one of the guys in San Antonio, as opposed to when he was the guy along with Dame Lillard, but really the guy in Portland. No, I, I totally agree with you. So, look, it's going to be a, a fun weekend. Uh, you've got the USA versus the world, you know, and our boy Porzingis made it for the Knicks for the world team. You know, it's only eight guys, so that, that's going to be fun. I think they're still waiting on the three-point and dunk. I know Zach Levine said he would do the dunk, 
Um, you know, and we'll talk about that, obviously, the Friday before the weekend on Valentine's weekend. We'll get into our predictions and stuff. There was rumors that Chris Bosh might be in the three-point competition. I think that's horrible. I don't want to see that. You know what I mean? Like, that's – I'd rather just see him in the competition with uh, Dominique Wilkins that they've won, I think, two years in a row. You know what I mean? Where you've got the veteran, the player, and, and the WNBA player. Yeah, I – to me, the, this is not the dunk contest is about showmanship. The three point shooting contest is just strictly about who's the best shooter. Right, and Chris Bosh shouldn't even be nowhere near there. Yeah, he's he's a good shooter, especially for his position, but he's not an elite shooter. If you well, you want to see Kerry and Thompson battle again for three point like last year? That was classic. You know, I you know maybe people say you know Kyrie. I don't want to see Kyrie, but Corver. You know, some of those guys, I think that's um, three points I always funny. Craig Hodges. Can we bring Craig back? You know what's so funny? I bet you Craig, Reggie Miller, and Larry Bird, maybe even our boy Detlef on the strength, they could still give a little run. You know how I feel about Detlef. Seriously huh? speaking, seriously speaking, hold, hold, hold that thought for a second. That's actually a great idea. Do like... Young Bucks versus old Bucks. Yeah. Not Milwaukee Bucks, but NBA Bucks. <laughs> That's a great idea. They can't really compete in the dunk contest, right? But shooting, right? You still should be able to shoot. I'm sure Larry Bird could dust them off and hit 15. That's a great oh, idea, actually. Larry Legend. Yeah, that would be awesome, man. That would Craig definitely Hodges. be awesome. I'm, I'm telling you, I got a lot to say to Adam Silver. Bill right? Ellis. We got oh Dale Ellis what we're gonna have to write him uh we we we're gonna have to hit him up your boy Adam Silver man between the thirteen players and then the legends in the three point I think we got something going here you know I we, we can get, let's do it <laughs> start the letter us. writing campaign for the last letter yeah. writing campaign we got Bernard King in the Hall of Fame so we're one for yes, one sir. no no we we got it we got we got good we got street cred with with, with that you know we. we we do all right with that. I, I think that that's something we could definitely work on. So let's talk about Hockey All-Star, because to me, that's coming up this weekend. And I want to know who you think, you know, East or West, if it's Kane or, you know, Vetchkin. But really, to me, the story is John Scott. And look, the internet. The fans, the NHL has that rule, and the internet said, you know what, we're putting this guy in. He's, you know, been a journeyman. He's a goon, likes to fight, yada, yada, yada. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen, he's a human being. And Phoenix traded him, and then when he got traded, uh, was it Montreal or was – I forgot who he went to. They tried to put him in the AHL and cut him, and he's still going to be in the All-Star game. But the NHL, did you hear that they were trying to – bringing his kids and say he shouldn't do this. I think that was wrong. And because he is in it, it's going to make me actually pay attention to the NHL, NHL all-star game just to see how this guy wins. Because you know what? He can win 90,000 if the team wins. And this is a great memory for him. Otherwise he would never be an all-star. Never has. Right. Yeah. You know, I have mixed emotions about this, right? I, I believe Scott should be, you know, he's voted in, right? These are the rules, and he should play, and absolutely. 
But like we said before in the NBA, he's taking up somebody's spot who is a legitimate all-star, right? And, and, and this guy's a grinder and, and, and kind of – you know, he's very well-spoken. Though. Listen, Check out what he wrote online. It's actually very I did, the Players' Tribune. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. So I've always had a problem with fans' ability oh, yeah. to vote, but unchecked. I mean, fans should have the ability to vote – but it should be unchecked. It should be like a third. So let's say the yeah. fans are a third, the coaches are a third, and the players are a third. This way, it's checks and balances, you know. And we had this issue. Remember, in the beginning, when Yao Ming and then because Tracy McGrady was his teammate. Now, Yao and Tracy happened to be great players. But if you start to get, you know, the Internet and, and just the mass number of people from countries or from big cities or from whatever – distorting the vote, then, you know, it goes a little bit haywire. So, well, yeah, remember say, one year Yao Ming uh, got more votes and started over Shaq one year. Than Shaq, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, it turns he out Yao's not that bad a player, right? He, he's, not, he's not a journeyman who shouldn't even be on the team, but he shouldn't <laughs> have started over Shaq, right? Yeah. And then they, they also got behind Tracy McGrady. Now, T-Mac can ball, so it's okay. But here's a scenario where the fans just went crazy and put in a guy that shouldn't be an all-star. So I, I, it, the fan vote has to be checked by, by, by the players and, and the coaches, and I think that there needs to be a balance in all sports uh, because, you know, now with the Internet, you can have a, a get-the-guy-in type of campaign, and oh, yeah. I just it's don't silly. think that it's silly. Back in the days, you couldn't do that because you had to fig- physically, you know, with the hanging chads, you know, you had to. Yeah, we had to go to the games, baby. You know, you had to go to the game and you had to bring your little pencil and you had to punch a hole in the thing. And, you know, to do that a hundred times, man, your arms were getting tired, you know. Oh, remember for the all-star game for baseball? We used to be exhausted doing that. Oh my goodness! So, but this was pre-internet, right? You get you get some good computer science guy, man. He could he could get your guy a million votes. So, or, or or like last year, Justin Bieber could tweet out to people to put in Kyle Lowry and get him in. <laughs> that's true, and that cost Kyrie Irving a lot of money. And this year, he beat him by also a slim margin, a few hundred votes or something like that. But this Bellow year, Bill Lowry deserves to start. You know, no, no, Kyrie of course, of course. Hurt. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying those those get out the vote campaigns work. <laughs> so what do you think about the the hockey stars? Who you you think? I mean, obviously it's always high scoring. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, look, I gotta go with the most skilled guy. I gotta go to Alex Ovechkin. I mean, I think he he just yeah. is a, is, a, is the man. Did you see him? He was he he had his. Uh, Russia jersey on, and he was plowing for his neighbors because he was saying, you know, how we got this snowstorm in, in D.C. and New York and mm-hmm. last, last week, and he was saying, you know, I, I'm from Russia, man. This, this snow doesn't affect me. He was out there <laughs> plowing snow for anybody who needed to get plowed. Alexander Ovechkin, that's my guy. That's, that's great. That's great. It's going to be a battle, though, man, because, the, you know, Patrick Kane and them boys, and some of them Anaheim Ducks and a lot of the Kings, they they got some players. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be and it's and it's high tempo and this is the kind of hockey that we like. This and playoff hockey, you know, not the grind it out penalty, you know, close hitting. Yeah, and Olympic like hockey I would love too. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Hold on, we got a caller here. Let's see if the caller wants to wants to talk some basketball, some hockey, some football. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Ray and Tay. 
Yeah, as the hockey correspondent here, I think I have the authority in this conversation. So <laughs> How you doing? Uh, tell everybody your name and where you're from. Remind everybody. Yeah, this is Naj in Atlanta. I can't help you with hockey at all. <laughs> no, that's all right. Good. So let's talk some basketball. Or Indeed. football or uh, college. Well, what's on your or mind? Or college hoops. We're headed there soon, too. What do you, what's, uh, what's on your mind? Well, I, I guess we can go NBA All-Star game. And, and like I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, just remember this is always a league showcase, so this is going to be about entertainment first. And, and then the other, the other thing that's kind of different right now is uh, there's kind of a power struggle going on within the league. Uh, the coaching fraternity feels like they can be discarded at a moment's notice as you see guys win coach of the year and then get fired the next year. So right yeah. now they're really trying to rally behind each other and stick together and figure out a way to make themselves more significant. So that, that's, you know what I mean, that's out there. But uh, the East looks like everybody who got it, got in, was deserving. Like, I can't really make an argument in the East. But out West, uh, Dirk being left off and uh, my man Damian Lillard being left off is kind yeah. of sketchy. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge making the team, kind of surprising. That was a little, eh, I don't know, body of work thing or something. I don't, I don't know what that was. Cause, I mean, that's what we were saying. At yeah. yeah, we oh, were saying okay. well, once he left Portland, it, everybody knew his stats were going to come down, and everybody knew his impact on the team was going to come down. So he shouldn't make the All Star team. It's, it's really about achievement in the first half of the season. And you're right, Dirk and Dame Lillard could have could have easily been there instead of Lamarcus. Yeah. In the East, did you yeah, have any but, problem? We talked a little bit about Pau Gasol in the East, potentially, but we had a problem with who do you leave off. And, right. See, that, that, that's the problem because you go to the other Paul, and that's Millsap. He got hurt yesterday, but, hey, uh, Millsap's earned it, man. He's carried that team. Yeah, Millsap's had a great season. You have to keep him on. I, two things. So, I brought this up, and I'm, I'm, we'll start a campaign, and maybe you could help us to write a letter to Adam Silver. Three years ago, the NBA decided that, you know, it's always a 15-man roster, but now you have 13 guys active on game night. So why doesn't the All-Star game also have 13 guys? That kind of bothers me. Does that bother you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, no, that's, 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 a, great, that's a great point. It, 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 yeah. it does, but like you guys were talking about a minute ago, when you start looking at some of these contract escalators people get for making all-star teams and all in the owners teams, don't want that, huh? <laughs> man, look, Anthony Davis uh, was almost going to be the first casualty of this whole, you know, new setup. But uh looks like, you know, he's still going to be able to be all right if he has a good second half and has the all-star along with the all-NBA to get that, I think it's $20 million or something. Like it's something crazy. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. He has to make first or second team All-NBA, I believe, something crazy like that. And then also yeah. I brought up a good thing. How about for the three-point competition, bringing back the old guys like Larry Bird, Reggie Miller, Craig Hodges, Dale Ellis to shoot against Clay, you know, Steph, and, and Kyle Korver. What, what would you think about that, the young guns against the old guns? That would be cool, but at the same time, as a league, you don't want some guy getting off the couch and beating your active stars. Like you don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that sight out there. You know what I mean? Even if so that guy like, is Larry Bird or or you know Dale Ellis or Detlef Schrempf. Even if, even if it's those guys, because at that point you're devaluing what the league is, and boy, 
the talk of, yeah, this league ain't what it used to be. These young boys, you know what I mean? You don't want that conversation or that image in people's minds. So that, that's, that's a good point. point. I never thought about that. That's yeah. a great point. Well, how about this? Do y'all this remember the Legends game, though? Do y'all remember the Legends game? Yes, I sure. The Legends popping, knees buckling. Like, dudes were out there going <laughs> down. M.I.A. Yeah, man. we used to love it. I used to love but the Legends game. But that's why we thought that shooting would be okay, because you could be 50, 60, and have a pot belly, and you could still shoot, you know? Yeah. It wouldn't be visually as bad. So how about this? Because you brought up some great uh, things to chew on just in terms of, like, the coaches and, and, and just ideas with the league. Well, right now, people are saying that the Warriors are bad for the league in the, in the sense that TNT's ratings are down uh, 8, 8% from last year. ESPN is 6%. But I would say to you, the ratings are not down because of the Warriors. I think the ratings are down. Because the NBA has got a bunch of nice guys. LeBron left Miami, went to Cleveland, and there's no bad, no bad boys. There's no villain. Nobody wears the black hat, so there's no conflict. There's nobody to root against. Don't you think that that's a major issue? And then you're still kind of looking for the rivalry. Right now, it's only three teams that everybody's kind of focused on, Spurs, Cavs, and Warriors. And by the way, we have Spurs. Cavs Saturday night on the Saturday night showcase, so we'll see how those ratings go. But what do you think about that, Matt? No, I, I think I think that's a real legitimate point, and I think the, the way that to re, to really look at it is to remember that the league is always concerned with more growth, more growth, more growth. And the reality of it is, you cannot script a story like you did in Miami again. So the heights that you went to with Miami kind of skews the stats to where you think that's normal, to when now we're kind of getting back to normal and Golden State, to me, is probably the best ticket in sports right now. I watch them whenever I can. But, uh, yeah, so the casual viewers not as in tuned as they once were, but football season's almost over, and the viewership will go up right after that. Like, live sports entertainment is the best thing going, and that's why they're getting huge TV deals. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the words, like – must-see TV, to me, and, and like you said, the, the rest of the league needs to catch up and be as entertaining as the Warriors. I mean, they're, they're doing it right. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I've watched the Warriors over a great football game, and I'm a football fan too, so, I mean, that's wow. That's what I'm wow. seeing out there. Coming from, coming from football country, no less. Coming from the southeast, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a big statement right there. Hey, wait, are you going to watch the Senior Bowl tomorrow? Are you interested in that at all? You know, I'm not going to watch it. I'll just check the results and see what people say about it, but I'm not really interested. Like, I, I don't okay. like all-star football because there's no cohesion. It really doesn't go. And you're kind of trying to watch position battles, but the game is too fast to watch them one-on-one like that. So I, I, I kind of I kind of wait for the results and kind of see what people say about guys and, uh, you know, roll with it. Like, But let me, let me add one more thing, though, because as an older basketball, football fan, Man, I agree. Like I agree with Popovich, like a uh, like an MF when he was talking about the three point shot and how it's kind of distorted basketball. Yeah, I think we need to move it back, man. I think we need to move it back. This is a generation that grew up since they were small, learning to shoot further and further away, and now the three point shot is becoming routine and it's forcing teams to plan their offense around threes. And I, I think it needs to be a little bit more difficult. I agree 100 percent, and it needs to start even in even potentially in high school, but definitely in college. 
I mean, the game started to get distorted when the 18-year-olds showed up on the college campuses and, and threes just changed the game. So it needs to be more difficult. I 100% agree. I mean, there's no way that people on a fast break should be pulling up from three. I mean, you you were always taught protect the paint and get your best high percentage shot. But when you're when your 19 footer is is pretty easy to make these days when the, when these kids can shoot. The other thing that happens is the flip side of that argument is there's no mid range game. There's nobody like Alex English, like Bernard, Bernard King. King. People can't shoot from 15 feet, especially with a defender on them. So you've lost you you you've gained distance and you've gained the three, but you've lost the mid range game. It just left basketball about 10 years ago. <clears throat> right. And, and then it's being taught that way, too, because remember, a lot of times now, somebody pulls up from a long two, and the coach is going crazy. Hey, worst shot in basketball, it, yeah. If you're going to shoot it, just make it a three. And you're like, no, it's the worst shot in basketball if you're not good at a, being a mid-range shooter. If you're Rip Hamilton, that's a good shot no matter what, because he was a you know, knockdown mid-range shooter. Not a great three shooter, but mid-range you know, he was money. And there were guys yeah. like that, like you just named, English. Like, hey, use every piece of the court. That's what this game, this beautiful game was designed to be. Oh, definitely. Oh, you're 100% right. Definitely. We're with you. We're with you. We'll, we'll sign yeah. that campaign, too, to Adam Silver. All right, <laughs> uh, Listen, great call. Enjoy the weekend, and hopefully uh, we'll follow up with you on Monday, man. All right, man. Indeed. Same to y'all. Good show. And y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend. All right, man. Take care. Take care. So it looks like looks like we got another caller. Let's let's hear what this caller is all about. Got some questions. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Ray and Tay. Yes. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Where are? What's your name and where are you from? My name's uh, My name's James. I'm from uh, Ohio. I just James uh, from Ohio. What's on your mind? Yeah, I just wanted to point out the last guy's talking about how in, in like in schools they're teaching everyone all right to shoot back and forth and everything like that. My I don't know if this is uh, just my school, but they would always like they would always make us like we we weren't allowed to shoot from like the three point line. We I grew up in like a hick town and there was always shoot from the two line and I don't even know why I got it. I mean really the only reason I lasted so long in basketball I stayed in there so long was because I wanted to see the men's locker room Kingston. All right. Yeah, I know it's coming. This is live radio. This is the downfall of live radio. But it's all good. The the good thing is we can move on. We got a lot to talk about. So let's uh let's keep it let's moving. Let's get to the tennis, baby. Australian Open Ray, the March for twenty two. Serena Williams Saturday early, I believe, right? Is it crazy early in the morning? What's yeah, three thirty in the morning. She's playing uh what's what's the girl's name? Angel Angelica? Yeah, she's uh, – oh, God, I don't even want to uh, – it's Angelique Kerber, yeah. Yeah, Angelique Kerber, who – Kerber beat her a couple years ago, but I think overall the series is like 5-1. But let's be honest, she's going to probably win. She's only lost 26 games in, in, in the whole Australian Open. Serena is dominating again, and I think it's time to – We there's not enough accolades we can give her, Ray. She's, you know, the sports person of the year. She's this, she's that, she's the greatest. You know, she's, she's, and I saw this guy today on uh, ESPN around the horn. She's the MJ of our generation. No one's dominated their sport like MJ, Tiger, and Serena. And Serena is that person now. And I, I'm just in awe of her performance. I, I think she's, 
she's going to finish off this open and probably finish the year if she stays healthy, you know, getting the slam that she almost had last year. What do you think about her? So, uh, the only thing I can see happening to the 34-year-old Serena Williams is sometimes she doesn't get up for competition that's not, you know, top five. Now, this girl, Kerber, is number seven, so she's yeah. obviously not a no-name, uh, but maybe she's not a top five. Maybe she's not as well known in the circuit as being a, you know, a title contender. Right. But and she's going to be in the top that, five after this tournament, though. She's yeah, going to be in top five. Yeah. Absolutely. But having said that, you're right. I think Serena just rolls. You know, maybe she'll win 6-2, six, 6-1. Six, uh, she just is too much, too much. She's on her game. She's healthy. Her mind is right. She's just – it's the first one of the year, so, you know, you're not – you haven't come off a grueling season. It's not like playing the U.S. Open in August and early September where all the tennis takes its toll. So, yeah, I like Serena in this one. What do you think about the men's? Well, so you've got a Roger Federer that got spanked by Novak by the Joker. Joker. Yeah. And you've got an Andy Murray that went to five sets. So it was the Murray's a little bit tired. Murray and... should be exhausted after that match. It was a great match, but, oh, man, back and forth. I, you know, we both like Murray. He had his shining moment a couple of years ago at Wimbledon. I don't think Murray honestly has enough. If we're being honest and fair, Ray, as much as we love Federer and, you know, you want to see Nadal at the French again, right now, Djokovic and, and Williams, Serena and Novak, there's nobody that can beat them when they're on their game. I mean, they are as dominant, you know, as, we, as we've seen right now. I don't know, you know, if there's, you know, each tournament there's someone that can beat them. But for the majors, it's a lot tougher because they really come hard for the majors. Um, I, think, I think Joker probably wins in straight sets. I'd say 6-3, yeah, you know, 6-3, you know. They've played, I looked up the stats on this, they've played 30 times, and Djokovic is up 21-9, to nine, but more impressive than that, he's won 10 of the last 11 matches. So Novak is really just dominating Andy Murray. And speaking of dominant, Roger Federer was playing really good tennis. He was. And he got absolutely crushed and it wasn't even close i mean did you see that there was six one six two and then he didn't you know he had some pride didn't want to get swept so he won six three and then and then uh, novak beat him six three in the fourth set so novak djokovic is on a roll and if it weren't for the fact that he played in an era with nadal and Federer towards the end of Federer's career. I mean, you might be thinking about Novak as the best tennis player of all time. Now, he's still young. He's still got to do it. But this is going to be his 11th major if he wins it. And 17 is uh, is the record right now. So you got to think that for the next two to three years, if he picks up two to three majors a year in in about two or three years' time, we're going to be talking about him as potentially the best male tennis player ever – and Serena's the best women's tennis player, so you might be looking at the two best of all time right now. Listen, you know, it, it's a pleasure and it's a joy to watch them play. Um, Serena's our last enjoyment and hope for an, a great American player. There's no 
really no one in sight for, you know, American men. And, um, but at the end of the day, you don't care really what country they're from. You care about how they play. And I think, you know, it's been a joy. Look, obviously, you know, we'd love McEnroe and Connors and then Sampras and, you know, you know, different guys over the years and Sampras, you know, was such a dominant player for a bit, but then you had Federer, then Nadal and, you know, and, and now it's, it's Djokovic, Djokovic's time and, and you just have to bow down. I mean, he plays so – his serve is ridiculous. And sometimes, you know what's so great? Like, he – you know, the way he can volley, he can come to – he does it all. And that's what I think. But you feel his power, but he's so accurate too. Both him and Serena, they're, like, they're almost like machines, right? I mean, they're like – they're so good. You know, when they're on their game, you, you, you're watching and you're like, how could someone get, like, you know, win a, a set, let alone, you know, two or three games against them? You know, it, it's, it's difficult. So we tip our hat. So, listen, before we end with the football, man, let's talk some college hoops. A big weekend. We had a couple of uh, good games this week in terms of, look, Maryland takes care of Iowa, number eight beats number three. Then you also had – Arizona fall to Oregon last night. So the Oregon Ducks, you know, take care of the Arizona Wildcats. So, you know, they're going to move up from 23. But this weekend, I got a couple of questions to ask you. One, before we get to the big matchups of the, we have the Big 12 SEC uh, battle, like you have the ACC uh, Big 10 battle. So you have that classic this weekend, which is great. But is this and the they're first doing time? it in mid-season, which is kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy, and I kind of like it though. Let, let's get to that in a second. I got to ask you this: We're gonna have to say probably a definite goodbye for a week or two to the Duke Blue Devils, who for lost the first this time early for the first time yeah. in what is it, 168 weeks? They're gonna be out of the top 25. That's crazy, Ray. Miami, Florida, who looks really good this year. Uh, your boy um, from coach from George Mason, Larry Nega, he's, he's done a great job. Duke at 15 and six, are they going to wind up being like a, in the, in the eight, nine game or 10 seed come tournament time? You think they're going to fall that far, Ray? They might. I told you that this team to me was like the team that lost in the first round about four or five years ago with uh, uh, Rivers. They have talent but they're not as cohesive. Without Emil Jefferson, they really don't have any defensive presence. They have a bunch of offensive players on the court, and when they're not shooting well, they definitely can't rebound. So there's no protection at the basket. Brandon Ingram, I mean, he's a great player, but he's not quite the you know the, the defender that Jefferson is. And until they get him back, they're going to be below average defensively, and they're going to be inconsistent offensively because they don't have that true go-to you know leader. Grayson Allen's a scorer, but he's not. He doesn't seem like the leader that they need right now. So they are going to struggle. They'll make the tournament. They might win a game or two, but this is not going to be one of Coach K's better teams. You're, you're very right, and definitely I think they can win a game or two and maybe even three if Jefferson's back and healthy because that shores up their defense. But right now it's looking bad. So let's look at some of these matchups. I mean, you got Kansas against Kentucky, 20 against uh, three. Then you've got LSU, who's, you know, probably top 35, but they have Ben Simmons against number one, 
Oklahoma and Buddy Heal. This is probably the battle, Ray, for the player of the year right here. What, what do you think about Oklahoma LSU? That's going to be great. It's must-see TV. I just think Oklahoma is too much. I mean, even though the game's in Baton Rouge, at the Pete Maravich Assembly Center, you know, rest in peace, Pete Maravich. He's just awesome. Uh, But they're just not that good, LSU. You know, Ben Simmons is fantastic, and, and I love watching him play. And his ability to, to, to actually make plays and also, you know, kind of make plays for others and get others involved is great. And, and he'll, he'll be a worthy number one overall pick. But I just think Oklahoma is so much better of a team. Ray, if they win this, they guarantee themselves in the tournament and they rush the court if they win this game. <laughs> yeah, I, I give you that. Look, they're 13-7 and seven LSU, so they still probably have to win a few more games. But beating number one is, is always a big deal. I would say yeah. that. And, and also the, bet, the best game of the weekend might be Virginia-Louisville. You know, it's a Virginia team that's up and down and – you know, win, wins a couple in a row, loses a couple in a row. They're they're sixteen and four, and they're going to the seventeen and three Louisville team. Now Louisville's favored. Listen to this. No respect. Louisville's favored by six against a, a team that is ranked higher. And going into the season, people were picking as a potential Final Four team, Virginia. So we'll see. Virginia's doing a little bit better offensively than than they've done historically, but they've been so inconsistent though. So I do think this will be a good game, though. And then oh, we also have we also have Iowa State Texas A and M. How about like that? That A and M team lost earlier this week, so yes, they're not they a number five team. But still, Iowa State Texas A and M that should be that should be quite a you know quite a that's going to be too. a great game, Ray. A great game, and you know what I'm loving? Our boy Chris Dunn. He could be ready. He, look, they could get swept this week. They lost to Xavier. And then they go to play the Georgetown Hoyas. Providence at Georgetown is going to be a great old-school Big East battle. That is a must-see game because this Hoya team, they're pretty scrappy. So I want to see if Providence can handle them, you know, at at Georgetown in D.C. That's another fun one to watch. So this is going to be a great weekend for college hoops. Um, You know, we'll have to really see if anybody can sort of shock us and, you know, see any crazy upsets, you know, like if uh, Miami, if they wind up losing at NC State, which wouldn't be a crazy upset. But, you know, anything can happen. Can St. John's of- be Villanova? 7-14 and 14, St. John's? Chris Mullen Oh, my God. 0-8 in the Big East. Oh, your Maryland and, uh, Terps are going to Columbus, Ohio. You know, I'm sure that the, the – Oh, they want revenge. The way we smacked more. them up. Exactly. Two weeks ago. Hey, I got one for you. Watch out for Nebraska against Purdue. This Nebraska team is dangerous. Now, Purdue's 21 in the country, 18 and four, having a very good season. I'm telling you right now, the Big Ten, honestly, they they could get eight teams in. I mean, you're talking about, we know the ones that are ranked, but on top of it, you've got Ohio State, Wisconsin, Nebraska. The Big Ten is is deep because this Nebraska team, they can ball. So, it's and the Big be, Twelve is the best conference, so you could figure the Big Eight might get more, uh, the Big Ten might get more teams in, but the Big Twelve is just brutal. I mean, they, they're beating up on each other. I, I hope the committee recognizes that it's just every week is just a battle. You just get scarred up in that Big Twelve. 
Definitely. So listen, we're getting ready to uh, end on some football note. Look, it, it, it's one thing that you know about the Super Bowl. They're doing it up. Super Bowl 50. It's classic. It's going to be great. And, you know, we're going to have a bunch of fun facts and stats. I know one thing, Ray, is the first time you have the number one and number two pick battling each other in the draft and um, your boy Cam Newton in the same year, Cam Newton against Von Miller. So that, uh, that should be interesting. And your boy Von today was saying Cam Newton is his fe- second favorite quarterback after Peyton Manning. So, I, you know, it, it's going to be fun. But you know what the NFL released? I got to read this to you. They released the NFL Super Bowl 50 golden team. So the best players in the starting lineup and the main, you know, the roster for all-time Super Bowl teams. So the only active player is the kicker, Adam Vinatieri. So he's the only guy – they're still going. I want to break this down for you and tell me what you think. I'll do the offense first. So our right, quarterback is Joe, Joe Montana, right? Your running backs are Emmett Smith and my man, Frank, Franco Harris. And I'll say this right off the first three names. That's who dominates it. Steelers, Cowboys, and Niners. And rightfully so, right? I mean, you know, we all know the history of the Super Bowl. Right, eight Super Bowl appearances for each of those franchises. Yes, definitely, and also wins a lot, right? So receiver, Ray, Jerry Rice and Lynn Swan, my God. Tight end, this will warm Ray's heart, Jay Novacek. You got to like that. Novacek is your number one tight. I guess there haven't been dominant tight. I I haven't seen this roster, so this is new to me. Yeah, this is new to you, definitely. Wait, okay, let me go. They're just – Go ahead, go ahead. I just haven't been many dominant no, tight ends. No, they haven't. We'll debate it, you know, maybe Dave Casper, but you're right. So offensive line, Art Shell, Raiders, Forrest Gregg, Packer, Packers, right? Yeah. Then you have another Raider, Gene Upshaw, Larry Allen, your boy, Cowboy. Cowboys, yeah. And then Mike Webster at center. Steelers, okay, rest in peace. So yeah. we'll get to the defense. What are your thoughts about the offense? Look, it's hard to argue. I think some people had more outstanding single games. Yeah. But if you look at over the duration, you can't argue with the fact that, you know, the Steelers and the Niners have six Super Bowls, the Cowboys have five. So rewarding those franchises, the one thing I would say on offense, the, the team that's missing a little bit of 49ers, um, except well, Montana, Rice obviously. Montana. Rice in Montana, but not nothing on the offensive line. Yeah. Well, the, the, I think the players that they put in are clearly and were clearly dominant, right? No, great, great players. Larry no, Allen. Yeah, no, no so let, let, let's get to the defense. This is where it gets kind of fun and juicy, right? So you started the defensive line, and they did, you know, they did four and four across with the defensive line and the linebackers. Reggie White, Charles Haley. Niners, Cowboys, right? Packers over there with White. And you got to give Charles Haley. He's got five Super Bowls, so he, he's yeah. in. <laughs> oh, no, definitely. Mean Joe Green and Randy White. That's the line. At linebacker, Lawrence Taylor, Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, and Ray Lewis. In the secondary. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> corners, the corners are Mel Blunt and primetime Deion Sanders. And the safeties, Ronnie Lott, and Jake Scott. Isn't that something? Okay. Special teams. So, Wait, okay. special teams real quick. Vinatieri, Ray Guy punting, 
And the kickoff returns to warm your heart, our guy, Desmond Howard. Desmond Howard, straight off the college football set. Good for him. So the defense, a couple things come to mind. And one of them is, well, two of them. I mean, these are Hall of Fame players, but I'm not sure they went to enough Super Bowls. And Chuck Noll's um, the coach. Chuck Noll got the Reggie coach. White, for example. I yeah, mean, he went to I'm one not Super saying Bowl. he's not a dominant Hall of Fame player, but, but, You're right, but what did he go to? Two? One. He won one no, and one. lost one for. Oh, no, no, two. You're right. He won one and lost he one. He lost. Yeah, yeah. Denver, when Denver was a, was a 14-point favorite or underdog, and, and they the they beat – they beat the Packers in 98, but he only went to two. And was he really – did they win because of him in those Super Bowls? I don't know. So, to me, Reggie White maybe is kind of suspect. Um, again, You no could argue – wait, wait, Ray, how about this? You could argue Smith could get in over Reggie White, even though he lost all four. Yeah, sure. He was more dominant, you, you would imagine, in those four Super Bowls. What, you know, two against the Cowboys, against the, the Giants. He had a great game. Yeah. And then the Redskins. Yeah, so, so look, it's hard because all these guys fun. are great. Yeah, it's but, fun. But um, the defensive guys, yeah, I might have an issue on defense. I think the offense is fine. They, they overweighted. It was funny. Raiders on the line, um, Niners on the skill position, and then Cowboys kind of mixed in. And, and one, Steelers. Steelers, too. Yeah, and some Steelers. Yeah, I, I guess Steelers, too. And, of course, we had to have our too. boy from the Giants, LT. <laughs> Which is funny. As a Steelers fan, though, didn't John Stallworth have better numbers than Lynn Swan? Well, actually, Swan is number one with Rice and Fitzgerald for touchdowns. But John Stallworth did have some explosive games. But you got to remember that first 74-75 Super Bowl when the Steelers, not when they beat the Vikings, but they beat the Cowboys. He had that great catch. Yeah, and, that, and then he also, you know, again against the um, the Cowboys the second time. Now, Stallworth was huge in the Ram game, the 79 Super Bowl. That's where Stallworth was big. And he was big in the Cowboy game, but Stallworth dominated the Ram game. But, Can uh, we Lynch, just end on this, on a controversy, not a controversy, but if Brady had made this Super Bowl, would he have taken over for Joe Montana? Oh. Oh, gosh, right. I mean, it would have been know? his seventh, and he would have come out either four and three or five and two. Definitely if he was five and two, but if he was four and three to Joe's four, four and oh, I mean, you could make the argument for Tom Brady. That's a and great he debate. he was an integral part. He was an integral part of every one of those Super Bowls. You could argue that Montana was too, but he had the Bill Wall system, and he had, you know, Roger Craig and Jerry Rice, and, and, and he had a bunch of, you know, guys in the early 80s and in the late 80s. But the, every Super Bowl was all on Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I don't think he dom- – Brady didn't dominate the first he one. He got carried by defense. True, you but know. they were a fourteen point underdog against the greatest show on turf. He had to score, you know, a little bit. What they win, like twenty to seventeen, something like that. That last field goal at the end. Uh it was a little bit more. I don't know what the final score was. Twenty it was in the twenties, I think. The Rams scored more than seventeen, I thought. It was a three well, his first three Super Bowls he won by three. So yeah. he uh it definitely wasn't blowing, you know, the opponents away. Like uh, like your boy Montana did against the Broncos. Well, they went like 55 to, to 14 17. or something like that. Yeah, 55. Yeah. It was horrible. In, yeah. in 89. So, 
So uh, all in all, I, look, that's a great team. That's a great, a great team. We're team. nitpicking. It's a great team. So listen, we have, we, we'll be back next week. We're going to have a, a lot of football talk. We're trying to get you some more guests. Friday will be our preview show, you know, and uh, over the weekend we'll, you know, talk a little Pro Bowl and stuff on Monday and college basketball, you know, everything. Um, have a great sports weekend. Enjoy the hockey all-star game. For those that like the Senior Bowl, Spurs, Cavs, the Knicks are hosting the Phoenix Suns right now tonight. Uh, Devin Booker, the young kid, and Porzingis and Melo are back. So let's see what the Knicks can do. So, and great college basketball. Should be a great yeah, Enjoy a great sports weekend. weekend. We'll catch you on the flip side. Have Thanks a great for weekend. Yeah, I've had some great calls, great show. Go back and check out our old shows, rantatetoday.com. Peace. We're out.